Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengerd, founder of Wengerd Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Again, if you've been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. Or you can go to wengerdministries.org and click GIVE. And when you do that, you'll see a list of projects that we're working on. Uh, Ask the Lord if there's a place that He would like you to sow financial seed, be a part of Awakening Fire, be a part of Flights for Hope. Uh, Just take a look at that. And if the Lord's calling you to be a partner with us, uh, remember, there is a real blessing to being obedient and faithful to where God has called you. Now, a few weeks ago, I asked the question, what is your source? And then the last time I talked about the true biblical view of prosperity and what that truly means to us. I've been preparing several messages about stewardship and why God needs us to take our place in that, but I just had to stop and reflect on something today. Everything in my life and in yours is a result of what we just celebrated a few days ago. And I know we enjoy remembering the birth of Jesus and the miraculous events of his life, but everything is subject to what happened on the cross. And it may be hard for you to imagine, but just for a brief moment here, I want you to stop and ask the question, where would I be if Jesus hadn't died and rose again? This is not just for you either. Where would the world be if he had not been faithful? What type of hope could I offer to hurting and broken hearts? Today, I want to just interrupt everything else I'm doing, and I want to make one statement as the title to this message. It's all about this. The message is titled, It's All About This, and it really is. You may have even felt kind of bombarded by your pastor or other ministers of the word if all they talked about during the last, during Lent or Passion Week was was all about Jesus going to the cross. But don't allow any of those thoughts of, of hearing so much of it to numb your mind. Truly, this is the time of year to stand in awe and wonder and reflect on the perfect man who died alone and he raised himself from the dead. What an amazing time to be alive right now. Do you realize that we are part of the most, I would say, one of the most important times in all of history? Over the weekend, my family and I gathered with a group of believers from different churches, and we got to just experience the uh, Good Friday uh, service and and experience the gathering together of, of worship and appreciation and thanksgiving to God, first of all, as our Father, but to Jesus as well for being faithful, going to the cross, even when, I mean, he really wrestled with this because it was so painful. It was such a struggle. And and to know that he wrestled that much with it, and yet he was still faithful, is so amazing. Every ministry in all of the world would fall short in their attempts to help people if Jesus had not been faithful in his ministry. I reflected a little further and Even the life of Jesus would have been meaningless if it wasn't for one thing, and that is the resurrection. Today I want to focus on what it means for each of us that Christ was not left in the tomb, but was raised again into new life by the Spirit of God. 
I want to begin by reading 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 3 and 4, and I just want you to listen to this. It says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So, twice in these verses, Paul says that these things happened according to the Scriptures. This is a very important truth that God had foreknowledge and he prophesied about what was to take place long before the world arrived there in time. See, the things that are happening in the world right now also have been understood and foretold to us by God through his prophets. We are here for such a time as this, to be revealed as the children of God and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The short story as described in these verses is that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Everything else is built off of these three truths. So what actually happened to him during this time, and why is it so important that he was raised again to life? Couldn't he just die as the sacrifice? I want to read on in this chapter to see what Paul says to these people who claimed that Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead. That's what he was, he was talking to them, and they were saying, well, he didn't rise from the dead. Listen to what Paul says in, in uh, verses 17, 18, and 19. He says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Listen to that. He's saying, even if Christ died for our sins, without the resurrection life, it actually doesn't give us what we need for all of eternity. Think about the people you know. Is there anyone who would scoff at the idea that someone raised himself from the dead? What about you? Maybe you would. Have you ever considered yourself being able to be raised from the dead. Think of it, make it personal, and apply that to what happened to Jesus. I want to keep reading on just to see where we fit into this picture. Look at verses 20 uh, through 22. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, that would be Adam, by man also came the resurrection of the dead, and that's Jesus. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Do you understand it had to be through man? Because man is the one that brought sin. It had to be through man that redemption was paid and that resurrection happened. Now, I want to talk about the death that you have already experienced. If you have truly been born again, remember, you had to die first before you could be born again. So what is this death that I'm talking about? How is it possible that you have already died? I was preaching last Sunday and I asked the church this same question. How is it possible that I have died and yet I'm still walking around and laughing and talking? But then it hit me. I told them, if the Spirit of God would leave me right now, I would fall over dead. There is definitely a part of me that is completely dead, while the rest of me is very much alive. See, the old man is completely dead. It's passed away. 
And I want to read about that in Romans 6, uh, verses 1 through 11. If you have not read in Romans, I would suggest you just go through and read the entire book. But Romans 6, 1 through 11 describes this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I I know there's a lot going on there, and I don't I don't want to try to to expound on all of it, but that is amazing. There there was some part of the revelation that I just couldn't get for for such a long time, and it was that I died with him. I was crucified with him. So think of it this way: if you are already dead. Why would you worry about dying? There is a great purpose that God had in causing us to be crucified with Christ. Have you ever thought about it that the scriptures never talk about us dying a death on our own? If, if we're born again, you didn't, you didn't die the death on your own. See, he was there with you. You died with him. If we die on our own apart from Christ, then we have no option to be resurrected through him into a new life. See, it's being crucified with him that allows us to be raised with him. See, the great purpose in dying with him is to free us from the power of sin. Verse 2 uh, there talks about that and just asks the question, now shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Do you, hear, you see that the, the resurrection of Jesus is the secret behind the message of grace. The power of the grace of God is not the freedom to live in sin, but rather the freedom from the desire to sin. See, we are freed from it. The body of sin is dead, and we are freed from it by the resurrection power of God in us. Jesus said in John uh, 12, 32, uh, And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself or unto me. Now, I used to think that he just meant that people would be drawn to the message of their sins being forgiven. But I don't believe that that's what he was talking about. See, we had to experience death at some point so that the power of the resurrection would be required to give us new life. Without the death, there is no reason for resurrection. So this makes so much more sense now with the power of the resurrection being a requirement in our life in order to live free from sin. That's why it doesn't take effort on our part to live free from sin. We cannot live free from sin simply by using willpower. 
Religion would actually use condemnation in order to keep us from performing the acts of sin. The approach of fear and condemnation not only gives more power to sin, uh, it, it, it empowers sin itself, but it also makes us powerless to ever truly be free from the chains of sin until we physically die, I guess, in, in our body, then we would be free from sin. But if that's the only way that we're free from sin, then death is our savior instead of Jesus. And that's not the case. The fact that Jesus drew all men unto himself proves to me that long before my physical body was here on the earth, he pulled my future body into his body and I died there with him on the cross. See, I just have to believe this to make it true. I just have to believe this to actually uh, allow that truth to be applied to me. It's the same for you. This is why all sins have already been forgiven. But you have to believe it. You have to believe it in order to receive that forgiveness. Listen now, Paul describes it in Galatians 2.20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, he lives by the faith of the Son of God. I now identify with this verse completely, literally, and in practical terms. I do accept the payment for my sins, but the truth is, I literally died for my sins with Jesus when I was pulled into him on the cross. Do you understand that? If you've been born again, you literally died for your sins with him. He took all men. He drew all men to himself. So all payment for sin has already been accomplished. And then he raised us up again with him. See, the beautiful and wonderful thing about this revelation and understanding is that in dying with Jesus on the cross, I was also resurrected with him to live in power and life for all of eternity. But it began the moment I believed, the moment I became born again. It is the resurrection power of Jesus that is literally giving life currently in my body. Now, I see it this way. I'm recognizing that this message is all throughout the New Testament. The early disciples actually preached one message. They preached about the resurrection of Jesus. Peter described this in 1 Peter 1.3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, he said he has begotten us again to a living hope. We are born through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He calls it here a living hope. And that's truly a key phrase in understanding what we have today. The resurrection of Jesus makes us free from the power of sin. It makes us free from the fear of any sickness. It makes us free from the control of poverty. See, remember, we are not only just identifying with him, but rather we have already died with him. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is now pushing resurrection power for life into the physical bodies of anyone and everyone who believes. It is the same spirit that is empowering me right now as I'm speaking. Paul said in Romans 8.11, 
But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Do you understand this? He's not talking about sometime off in the future. He's saying he's giving life to your mortal body now through his spirit who dwells in you. See, his life is coming through and into my body. Paul's talking about this, a current reality here. He's not just describing sometime later. I, I was taught while growing up that none of these things would happen until I died and went to heaven. But the real hope for us today is that the resurrection power of Jesus is for us right here and right now. Jesus even prayed this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is with this understanding that I want you to go and, and read all of Romans 8. Take the, take the time to just soak in it and listen to the description with this understanding. Don't let yourself be pulled into the religious understanding that death somehow makes all things better for you. Death does not make all things better for you. Death is not your savior. Jesus is your savior. There is a supernatural transfer that has already happened if you've set your mind on the things of the Spirit and you've chosen to believe the full message of the resurrection. It is the resurrection of Jesus that gives us power and hope and life right now. It is the resurrection of Jesus that we are truly able to access the love of God instead of just seeing it from a distance. Now, I want to close our time here by reading the final verses of Romans 8. I want to read verses 37 through 39. And he says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen to that. Reflect on Jesus today. Thank him for becoming our answer to every situation we will ever face. Receive his love and grace and let him fill you with hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you.